Isn't that beautiful? The Spirit of God is here this morning and it's just lovely to be together, isn't it? Well, we've been journeying the last three weeks, few weeks, looking at our mission statement, which is on the screen, building up, partnering with God to build up his church by empowering people according to gifting, equipping people for works of service and encouraging people to go for it. I like the last one, hey? Encouraging? Anyone an encourager? And, you know, there's a sense of getting together and encouraging one another in what we're doing and cheering people on. But thinking about it, I was thinking, you know, God is our best source of encouragement, right? He is the one who is continually cheering us on when no one's looking. He is the one who sees us and knows us and loves us. And he's the one that wants to empower and equip and encourage us. You know, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. But how do we actually remain in him? What does that look like? Well, as we look at um, our discipleship model too, which is our tree of life, today we want to focus on the centre one, which is spiritual life, our personal spiritual life, because that's our greatest source of encouragement, our life with God. And how do we connect with God? What could that possibly look like? Well, I believe that the way that we connect with God is through prayer. It's kind of simple, isn't it? Prayer. We, we, we chat to God. We, we talk to God. But often, I don't know, Prayer, when I say, you know, what does prayer look like to you? What comes up? What what comes to mind? See, I guess a lot of my life, there's been a bit of guilt because, oh, prayer, I don't really do that much or enough, feeling like I don't do it enough. And sometimes I think we can make prayer a little bit more complex than what it actually is. So I want to unpack that today. What does prayer look like? See, Jesus said, I am with you always. In Matthew, I am with you always. He said, in him we live and move and have our being. That's what Paul writes in Acts. We live in him and move and have our being in him. So if we believe in God and we know that he's with us all the time, we probably pray already, right? You probably have conversations in your head to yourself and sometimes to God. And you probably doing it already. So why do we have sometimes a little bit of guilt around the whole area of prayer? See, sometimes perhaps we've got the wrong picture of prayer. What does actually prayer look like? I remember um, about 10 years ago, we were in Italy and our youngest daughter, Lucy, was four at the time. And she was looking around and she was meeting, you know, some relatives and friends. And she came in one morning all excited. She goes, mom, mom, I can speak Italian. And I said, oh, Cool, Luce. Lay it on me. And she goes, she gets the hands around and she goes, Mama, I want a veggie my tosta. <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I just cracked up. You know, sometimes prayer can be like that. You know, not God, I want a veggie my tosta. But um, God, I want this, I want that. And we put on the big prayer voice and we make ourselves sound important and we rattle off the big spiel and you know I remember growing up in a Baptist church and it was fairly traditional and there was the big monologue oh Lord oh Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth because we're South Aussies we'd put on the you know the pommy accent and 
you know, all of that and there's big monologues and, you, and then they'd go, oh, yep, see you down the shops later. And it would just be this prayer voice and it just made everyone else uncomfortable. And sometimes prayer can just seem like the big monologue, you know. You ever met up with a friend at the shops and, and they, they you say, oh, how are you going? And, oh, good, blah, 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 And they go on and on and on. And you just can't get a word in edgeways. And you go, oh, good to see you, bye. And there's been nothing, you know, just their big monologue, their big dump on you and and you're kind of like trying to get a word in. And I think sometimes God maybe feels like that. You know, we just do the big monologue, blah, 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 blah. He's like, maybe he wants to get a word in. And so sometimes prayer can just feel different. And sometimes it can just feel like a bit like a waste of time. Well, you know, God's not going to talk to me anyway. So, you know, I'll sit there and endure it for five minutes. And so there's lots of guilt, I think, associated with prayer. Sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, I secretly wish there was like a little formula for God to answer our prayers. Wouldn't that be good? A technique, you know, you do A, B, C, you get D. That would be really cool. Well, Jesus offers us some insights into prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6, I love his teaching on the posture of prayer. If we go to the slide, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrite the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth that this is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. See, the Pharisees were making it all about the show, you know, the bells and the whistles And they kind of were pulling this holier-than-a-thou kind of approach, elevating their status on the holy ranks. They weren't just making themselves look good. It was all about the outside, you know, being seen, being noticed. Oh, so much better than you. And Jesus, he, he calls them on this. You know, we can bag out the Pharisees, but sometimes I think, well probably no better than them in the sense that we all secretly like to believe that we're just a little bit better than the person next to us, maybe a little bit smarter or a little bit better or a little bit more holy. And we're really good at performing for others, for dropping in words to impress people. We love to impress people and sometimes we love to impress God. We take that a little bit further. But Jesus reminds us in the message in these verses um, in the next slide And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? See, Jesus is saying, you know, it might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. He won't be cheering you on if you're going to make it an act. If you're going to make it a shallow exercise, if you're just going to... you know, go through the motions rather than build into a relationship with Father God. It's just going to be good theatre. See, sometimes we can just go through the rituals, tick the box, yep, read my Bible, tick, prayed today. But God wants us to have an authentic heart response to him. 
See, Jesus looks at the motive behind it all. And he isn't impressed with just acts of righteousness, just trying to please him, tick things off. It's about aligning our hearts with our words. Sometimes, sometimes there's not even words, but just having a pure heart before God. See, not just doing things to impress, but actually, actually just to simply be there for God, to be with him. See, prayer isn't about wowing. It's not about impressing people with our spirituality. I love what the message continues on in the next verse, in the next slide. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. And this is key. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to see his grace. See, I love those two words. Actually, if you put up the next slide, these two words, simple and honest. Isn't that beautiful? So refreshing. Simple and honest. Who can do simple? I can do simple. See, words that align with our heart, simple and honest. Sometimes when we catch ourselves, you know, going for the big wordy monologue or the, you know, the impressive thing, just remember, simple and honest. This is how Jesus invites us to pray. He goes on in the next bit and he says, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling teaks, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your, this is your father. Sorry, I need glasses, I think. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than you and what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply, very simply. See, sometimes a technique would be great, a formula would be great, but God knows exactly what we need before we even ask it. And when we understand that and and when we understand what prayer is, it will change the way we live. See, I love Dallas's little quote here all about prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God about what we're thinking and doing together. Don't you love that? Talking to God about what we're thinking and doing together. It's that simple. What a beautiful thing. Just an invitation, just to share our life with God. I mean, God knows what's going on anyway. We're just going to invite him in. Hey, God, would you be with me today? Just growing in the simplicity of talking to God about what we're doing together in the car. Okay, Jesus, I've got this on today. What are we doing today together? Oh, God, at the home, at the office, wherever we are, this is concerning me today. Just need you to be with me. What are we going to do today about that? Would you help me in that? Simple and honest. It's so refreshing, isn't it? Just simple and honest. See, James Houston writes, Clement of Alexandria said, Prayer is keeping company with God. This begins to give me a new focus on prayer. This began to give me a new focus on prayer. I began to see prayer more as a friendship than a vigorous, a rigorous discipline. It started to become more of a relationship and less of a performance. I made up my mind that the desire to pray and keep company with God would become my primary concern in life. Isn't that refreshing? You know, just a friendship with God, 
not a list of do's and don'ts and oh, I have to do this today and oh, tick that prayer thing off, but just, just a relationship, just a friendship, just how will I connect with God today? How will I keep company with him? How will I talk to him? Where will I have, I'll just be with him all day and I'll just keep the conversation going. It's as simple as that. It almost sounds too easy, <laughs> too easy, but a beautiful picture of friendship, just keeping company with God. So if you think about human friendships and what makes for a good human friendship, well, there's time together, there's vulnerability, you know, opening up, there's honesty, yep, this is hard, there's availability, actually catching up, there's being fully present, giving one another our attention and and being all there. And then there's the opposite for um, things that aren't good for friendships. There's dishonesty, you know, pretending. There's being distracted, not really paying attention. There's absent-mindedness, you know, not really being there. It's an extension of that. There's inauthenticity, pretending. There's unavailability and there's unreliability. They're all things that, that don't help our friendships. See, James Martin writes, what makes for a good friendship makes for a good friendship with God and that makes for good prayer. Beautiful. What makes for a good friendship makes for a good friendship with God and that makes for good prayer. See, the posture of prayer is incredibly simple and I've just taken it straight out of the passage we read earlier. Number one, find a quiet place. Because who you are in private is who you really are. Just find a quiet place. What does that look like for you? You know, maybe you've got a favourite chair or maybe you just like to sit in the car and and talk to God or maybe it's a rock or a, a walk on the beach. Just find a quiet place. Just a place where you're not distracted by noise. It can be in finding just a moment. Um, I remember when we were travelling around Australia, I just couldn't find a, fi- a quiet place. And so I'd go into the bathroom. <laughs> and that was my quiet place. you just got to find somewhere that you can have a little bit of, a bit of quiet. See, in Matthew, it, it writes, Jesus, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds... He climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. See, here's a beautiful picture, right? The disciples, and there's lots of crowds happening. It was getting a little bit hectic. And so he just climbs a hillside. And uh, the disciples, who were his friends, go with him. And that's just a simply a picture of our friendship with Jesus, is being alone with him, spending time with him, extending our friendship and growing in companionship with Jesus. And it's not hard, it's just choosing, choosing to be with him, choosing to withdraw, and it will always cost us something. But once you experience his presence, once you experience being with him, it's something that you're attracted to and you're drawn to. And want to continue to experience. So number one, find a quiet place. Number two, practice being with God simply and honestly. 
So it can take practice, you know, just sitting might start with five minutes. It might start with, oh, my mind's so distracted. I'm going to jot down a bunch of things in my journal. Might be just pouring out what you're feeling in a journal or just writing your prayers. That's how I love to start. But just tell him how it is, what's going on. Talking to God with our truest thoughts. God, I just want to tell you this. See, Richard, Lewis, or Richard Foster said in the next quote, we should feel perfectly free to complain to God or argue with God or yell at God. C.S. Lewis counsels us to lay before him what is in us, not what to be in us, not what ought to be in us. See, sometimes we want to put on the pretense. But, you know, Foster encourages us just to lay it as it is, tell us, Complain to God. Tell him what's going on. Just be real with him. I love the acronym RAW. Real, authentic, what you see is what you get. And that's what prayers to be. RAW, incredibly RAW. Real, authentic, what you see is what you get. So when you read some of the Psalms, it's incredibly RAW. And I love that. In Psalm 119, it says, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. You know, we can be so real with God. We can be so honest with Him. Because often, you know, we're really good at lying to ourselves. We can justify sin. We can tell ourselves, oh, yes, we're okay. But at the end of the day, often we can self-sabotage and and tell ourselves that we know good and we need to hear truth about who we are. We need to hear that from God's word and from him, those God whispers that says we're enough, we're okay, that he loves us and that he desires friendship with us. See, prayer can be a little bit like balancing a tightrope kind of thing, I think, sometimes. And, And what I've noticed is Sometimes, you know, we can have our requests and we pour out all our requests to God and that is good and we can sort of lean on one side. But balance with that is submission, actually coming to God and and asking him to guide us. And so keeping that in balance and in check. And the Lord's Prayer shows us how to do that. And I'm not going to go into the Lord's Prayer. That's a whole different ballgame. But it's something that I don't have time for today. But there's this beautiful sense of, Allowing God to guide us in prayer. In Romans, we read in the same way that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. See, we have this helper in prayer, the Holy Spirit, and he helps us and he intercedes for us with wordless groans. When we don't have the words, he's right there. And it's a partnership. It's a beautiful partnership. And in the sense where we're still before God, when we find a quiet place, when we practice coming simply and honestly, number three, the focus will shift from you to God. And sometimes we're really good at, you know, doing the big monologue and it's all about us. And Jesus says, you know, ask and you will receive. But just like friendship, sometimes we need some silence. We need just in the stillness to actually hear back from God and we leave some space. We begin to sense God's presence with us and it's really beautiful. What if God actually spoke to us? 
Would we listen? Can we listen? Make some space and, and in that moment actually sense his presence and his grace. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So with the whole idea of a friendship, there's often a conversation. And even in the Bible, we read about Jeremiah and his conversations. And I've just pulled up one today in Jeremiah 15. And you kind of see this conversation element going on. And then I said, this is Jeremiah, what sorrow is mine, my mother? Oh, that I had died at birth. Man, he was having a bad day. I am hated everywhere I go. Oh, man, how real is that? And the Lord replied, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf in times of trouble and distress. And then Jeremiah says, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and please help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I am suffering. You know, this beautiful conversation where Jeremiah speaks and pours his heart out and then God says, it's going to be all right, you know, it'll be okay. And then, and then he says, Lord, you know. How comforting is that? God, you know this is going on. You know that this is hard. Lord, you know all these suffering children in Africa. Lord, you know all these people stuck um, in prison. God, you know. What a comfort that God knows. See, whatever we're feeling, we know that God knows already and he enters into that with us. He enters into the suffering with us. And God's biggest complaint in the Old Testament is my people just aren't listening. We so want to be a people that listen to God, that listen to his heart. And prayer is just as much about listening as it is as as talking. See, this next verse used to not baffle me, but it's so simple. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I used to think, oh gosh, I've got to do that again. I've got to rejoice, I've got to pray, I've got to give thanks. It's like a, a list of things to do again. But when you experience God in a friendship, in a, in a relationship where you're just keeping company with him all day, it's like, oh, I want to tell him about the good stuff going on. Hey, God, this is really cool. Thanks for that. And it's this continual conversation all day. See, God just wants us to live with him, engaged with him, grateful. You know, like happy kids telling you what's going on at school that day. Oh, this winner, mum, this dad, this is happening, this is cool. Sharing the highs, you know, commiserating about the lows, just doing life together. It's a beautiful thing, this interactive friendship with God. Just doing life with Him, simple and honest. You know, one of the simplest prayers we can often pray is, God, I just give you my life. Just each day, this sense of all of it, let's do life together. Let's just do life together. You know, we can talk about prayer, we can talk about, you know, till the cows come home, but today I'd like to do something a little bit different. Are you in for something different? Yeah? Just to actually experience prayer. I mean, we could all stand and hold hands and sing Kumbaya around a circle. That would make you feel awkward, wouldn't it? Yes, secretly I'd love to do that. No, I won't. But I just want to do something with you. It's It's like a guided prayer, you know? So... I just want to lead you through a prayer. It's very simple. It's very honest. 
You might even feel a little awkward because there might be some quiet bits in there. That's why Lynn's just going to mellowly play for us. And if you feel a little bit of awkward, that's okay. You can just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. They're probably going, yeah, this is awkward too. But maybe it's just a chance to keep your eyes closed and get an extra five minutes sleep that you didn't get this morning. That's okay. So let's just, let's just get comfortable, you know. You might want to sit up straight. Don't want to nod off too early. You might want to put your feet flat on the ground. You might just want to close your eyes because that helps me just focus. You might want to do it with your eyes open. That's all good too. And I like to kind of integrate the body into this experience. And, you know, often we can clasp at things, we can grip at things, we can try and control things. So I just love to, and you don't have to do this by any means, because I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you might just want to hold your hands out like you just want to receive. And when we do that, it's just a way of us saying to God, God, I'm open, I'm receptive, I'm ready to receive. I'm opening to receiving what you have for me in these moments. And we just want to pay attention to our breathing. Just realising that God is in, in this moment, has given you breath. So just take a simple breath, a deep breath, in through your nose, out through your mouth. Just pay attention to your breathing, remembering that God has given us life right here and right now. Remembering that God wants to be very much, that he wants us to be very much fully alive right here, right now. So let's just take, say, three slow, deep breaths in and through our nose, out through our mouth. See, as we breathe, We remember that God is very closer than the breath that we breathe. And as we breathe in the Spirit of God and we breathe out, we let go of the concerns and the cares, the clinging and the grasping. We let go of our busy thoughts of the rushed morning. God, in these moments, would you help us just to be still? To quieten our souls. We know we're restless. And God, quiet is awkward. Our own thoughts get so noisy. We want to remember that you're God and we're not. So God, just forgive us for the times that we sanitise our prayers and we filter them, we pretend. God, we know that you see us warts and all. And we just want to come simply and honestly 
And so that's how we come. And we just give you permission to see us today. We let down our walls, our guards. And we do that in the hope that you will speak and that we will hear you. So in this moment, just remind yourself that you're a creature in the presence of the Creator. Notice that Jesus is with you. He invites you to be with him. He says, come away with me, my beloved, and be with me. And just as we sit in God's presence, still pay attention to your breathing. Let's just allow God to initiate things with us. And maybe there's a prayer. Maybe there's a word or a phrase that is just coming to your consciousness a word that expresses your deepest desire. What is that word? What is that prayer? What is your deepest desire? just in this quiet, I'm going to invite you just to do one thing, a simple thing, is to say the truest thing that you know how to say to God right now. What is the truest thing that you know to say to God right now? love this poem by Ted Loder. It says, Holy One, there's something I wanted to tell you, but there have been errands to run, bills to pay, arrangements to make, meetings to attend, washing to do, and I forget what I wanted to say to you, and I forget how to do much of anything. Oh God, don't forget me, please, for the sake of Jesus Christ. What is that true thing you want to say? Holy One, there is something I wanted to tell you.
Holy One, perhaps you've already heard what I wanted to tell you. What I wanted to ask in my blundering way is, please don't give up on me. God, please don't forget me. But laugh with me and try again with me. And I will with you too. Amen.